Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm Kevin Gastola, joined by the show's co-host, Rania Kalik. Hey, Rania. Hey, Kevin. And uh, we're very pleased to be talking with you. Um, let's get to it. Let's, let's start here. Uh, we have a new tool that we need to introduce you to at the State Department. Uh, we was filling in for the resident tool, Ned Price, who typically is the State Department spokesperson. Uh, but his last name is Patel. Uh, let me just confirm so I can get uh, his name correctly. His name is Vedant Patel. And I don't know where they found this guy. Um, I don't think he's as good as Ned Price at uh, performing the role of spokesperson. But I'm going to play this for you. Uh, he was asked about why Cuba is on the list of state-sponsored terrorists. And this was his response. You had your hand up patiently. Go ahead. On the smelly of the beast. Administering officials meet last week with Cuban officials to discuss counterterrorism, but the administration has Cuba on the state sponsor of terrorism list. Why is Cuba on the state sponsor of terrorism list if you are trying to work with them uh, to fight against terrorism? So these uh, security dialogues with uh, Cuba, are, my understanding is that they are very standard and they happen at regular intervals and regular cadence. There's obviously, uh, given the maritime boundary, um, uh, important pieces of coordination that uh, need to take place with Cuba, but these are dialogues that happen uh, regularly at regular intervals. Uh, and uh, we continue to, to, to not have a change in policy as it relates to uh, Cuba's um, place uh, on the uh, designation. List. What evidence is there that Cuba sponsored terrorism? Well, uh, the regime has a long track record of uh, egregious uh, human rights abuses, uh, suppression of uh, a free press, uh, suppression of civil society, uh, and uh, other key factors that uh, continue to keep them on that list. But Jackson, you can give me examples of terrorism I, I'm going to work the room a little bit. I'm going to work the room a little bit. Thank you. Jackson, go ahead. Oh. Um, what a guy. <laughs> I love her, by the way. She, if anybody hasn't watched uh, or seen Know of the Belly of the Beast or hasn't like watched their documentary, she's the ho basically their host. She's Cuban. She was visiting at that time. I actually saw her at the People's Forum. It was a few weeks back. Um, she's the host of, of the of like the documentaries they've made and she's it, they're fantastic i would go check them out but anyways wow i mean they you know just a reminder like the reason that cuba is actually on the state sponsors of terrorism list uh the justification that was used was that cuba was holding meetings between uh the two sides in colombia like the farc and um like holding peace negotiations the farc and the colombian government and the u.s was like oh the farc are like terrorists so we have to put and the, i think that was under trump that that happened they were like, we have to put Cuba on the state sponsorship terrorism list. And Colombia at the time was still under a right wing, basically dictatorship and went along with it. Um, and anyways, now, obviously, Gustavo Petro uh, and his administration are against that. And they're saying, no, 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 no. We don't agree with this. But the U.S. is, you know, Biden is still keeping Trump's ridiculous policy in place, literally for holding peace negotiations. Yeah, but and he says, I'm going to work the room. I'm going to work the room, which is, room. you know, which is. The, the way a tool talks when he knows I don't have been an answer caught. for you. He's been yeah, caught. I, I mean, yeah, he knows exactly. his answer that he just gave is complete bullshit. That yeah. he's just said, you know, he's just outed U.S. policy that it has nothing to do with terrorism. Why yeah. they're on the list. 
Yeah. 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 Basically like he hasn't, they did they literally have no answer. They have no answer and nobody ever asks them that. So like they never really have to have an answer prepared. Nobody, they're never challenged on that. All right. So you say, I didn't know this, that the official reason was with FARC because they were negotiating with FARC, but then he doesn't say that even though that would be like fresh history for like because it's ridiculous like it's ridiculous you would have to admit that the trump administration put cuba on the state sponsors of terrorism list under the justification that they were holding peace negotiations between two warring parties like that is not a reason you put somebody on a state sponsor of terrorism list well it is the reason i guess the u.s does but anyways the point is is it's just such an absurd it wouldn't even make sense as a reason like if you said when you say that out loud and they know that All right, so there's another clip from this guy Patel, who I want to play. I'm not going to play the full clip because I did a breakdown that you'll find on this YouTube channel, or as you can find at the Shadowproof YouTube channel, where I dug into, this is Associated Press reporter Matthew Lee, uh, well known for his lines of questioning at the State Department that make the State Department look awful. Mm -hmm. and exposed hypocrisy, Um, at least expose inconsistencies, you know, show that they they can't even be consistent in their policy and what they're saying to the public. Uh, He asked on World Press Freedom Day about whether Julian Assange, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, should be covered by the principles and values that are celebrated on that day. And at a certain point, well, we got this exchange. Our, our view on Mr. Assange is that he's been charged with serious criminal conduct yeah, in the United States. charged with anything. You know, Evan Gershkovich has been charged with a serious criminal offense in Russia. And you say that he's a journalist, and, and he is, obviously. And I just want to know whether or not you, the State Department, regardless of any charges that uh, he faces, Uh, believe that he is a journalist or he is something else? Well, first I would say, uh, Matt, that these two cases are uh, very, very different. Of course they're completely different, Um, but... but The United States doesn't go around arbitrarily detaining people. Uh, And uh, the the, uh, judicial oversight and checks and balances that we have in our system versus the Russian system are a little bit different. Uh, But again, I'm not here to offer a specific assessment. What I will say is that he's been charged. Wow. All right, then. Uh, Way to sidestep the fact that you are jailing a journalist, motherfucker. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I just, I'll go ahead and point out that my immediate response to the idea that the U.S. is not arbitrarily detaining people is, again, uh, uh, let's go back to Cuba, uh, Guantanamo Bay. Like, there were literally nearly 800 people who were dragged and put in a gulag that was supposed to be a legal black hole where they would have no rights. Uh, in fact, any rights that they won, their attorneys had to first win before the Supreme Court like a couple years after the 9-11 attacks. And then we've only had maybe like less than 10, less than 20 people actually be charged with any crimes. Most of the people who have been released were in indefinite detention. Um, they, were detor- they were tortured by the CIA. They were harshly interrogated, abused, mm-hmm. and they were kept there. And there's still like 35 or so people who are there. Uh, if you subtract the ones that they're trying to, but failing to put through a trial 
for being 9-11 terrorism suspects. Um, you still have at least 15 or so people who are not charged with anything. They're just there. They're just being kept in a gulag, basically. And uh, so I don't know. I just find it really incredible that he had just come out. I mean, I know that's what the U.S. State Department believes. I know that they believe that that's what distinguishes the United States from Russia. We don't arbitrarily detain people. But they did this the same week that the United Nations came out with one of the harshest, harshest condemnations of Guantanamo Bay yet, saying that Abu Zubaydah, I know you're familiar with Abu Zubaydah's uh -huh, case uh -huh. at Guantanamo, saying that, you know, he should be freed immediately. He has been subject uh, to arbitrary detention, which is what Patel was saying the U.S. does not do. And, you know, basically called out the Guantanamo Bay detention system and suggested that Zubaydah was being subjected to crimes against humanity, which are not like words that are uttered lightly by the United Nations. They have force of meaning. They are basically suggesting those terminology. When they use that terminology, they're essentially saying that like those people who are guilty could be brought before a tribunal. Mm. Um, and in my mind, when I, when I hear that, I mean, not that that's going to happen, but what they're basically doing is indicting the people who have caused those crimes against humanity. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a, that's a really good point. That's a fantastic point. Huh? Um, and it's worth saying that Julian Assange uh, published nearly 800 documents that showed the false intelligence that had been collected on all the people at Guantanamo and he is being punished and he is being detained and he was in jail for a fourth for a fourth World Press Freedom Day because of putting out this information on the WikiLeaks website. So, all right. <laughs> you might know that this weekend and you're not gonna be able to get away from it. And it's, I think it's already what the cable news networks have gone to, just wall to wall coverage of King Charles being coronated in Britain, in the UK. And I was just there. Uh, they were already doing, uh, when, I, when I was there in London, the first week of April, they were already making preparations. It, it's insane. I mean, the, the amount of monarchy that these people still tolerate. Um, I think there's a lot of division. There there's more division than ever over having this 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 monarch that <laughs> exists but which is very ceremonial but it also has great influence as we talked about when queen elizabeth died and uh but you know at the same time it's like the uk has all of these systemic problems economic problems they're passing laws to make it harder to protest it's like really ugly uh, developments that are happening. And it is the backdrop for the jailing of Julian Assange too, uh, because he's there in Her Majesty's prison, Belmar. So I want to put up this letter, um, read some of it just so that people can get a taste for it. We don't hear from Julian Assange and Declassified UK has a letter um, that has been written to King Charles that is come on the eve that he is to be coronated. Um, and so he's going to be crowned. He's going to be wearing, I, I hear that he's going to be wearing something called the Imperial crown, which I love. I like that. That's the name for it because it just 
you think that the days of empire are over, but if somebody who's part of your society is going to put on something called the Imperial Crown, it's pretty much like clear what the UK is still all about. So anyways, this is the letter that's at Declassified UK, and um, I encourage you to go um, see more of it. But I'm just going to take this down and read. It, it starts like this. To His Majesty King Charles III, on the coronation of my liege, I thought it only fitting to extend a heartfelt invitation to you to commemorate his momentous occasion by visiting your very own kingdom within a kingdom, His Majesty's Prison Belmarsh. And so, you know, this is where Julian Assange is being held. You will no doubt recall the wise words of a renowned playwright. The quality of mercy is not strained. It's droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. Ah, but what would that bard know of mercy faced with the reckoning at the dawn of your historic reign? After all, one can truly know the measure of a society by how it treats its prisoners. And your kingdom has surely excelled in that regard. Your Majesty's Prison Belmarsh is located at the prestigious address of One Western Way, London, just a short fox hunt from the old Royal Naval College in Greenwich. How delightful it must be to have such an esteemed establishment bear your name. It is here that 687 of your loyal subjects are held, supporting the United Kingdom's record as the nation with the largest prison population in Western Europe. As your, as your noble government has recently declared your kingdom is currently undergoing the biggest expansion of prison places in over a century with its ambitious projections showing an increase of the prison population from 82,000 to 106,000 within the next four years. Quite the legacy, indeed. As a political prisoner held at your majesty's pleasure on behalf of an embarrassed foreign sovereign, I am honored to reside within the walls of this world-class institution. Truly, your kingdom knows no bounds." during your visit. And so now he reads this like inviting King Charles to come visit him here. You'll have the opportunity to feast upon the culinary delights prepared for your loyal subjects on a generous budget of two pounds per day. Savor the blended tuna heads and the ubiquitous reconstituted forms that are purportedly made from chicken. And worry not, for unlike lesser institutions such as Alcatraz or San Quentin, there's no communal dining in a mess hall. At Belmarsh, prisoners dine alone in their cells ensuring the utmost intimacy with their meal. <laughs> Beyond yeah. the gustatory pleasures, I can assure you that Belmarsh provides ample educational opportunities for your subjects. As Proverbs 2022 6, 22.6 has it, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Observe the shuffling cues at the medicine hatch, where inmates gather their prescriptions, not for daily use, but for the horizon expanding experience of a big day out all at once. And then you will also have the opportunity to pay your respects to my late friend, Manuel Santos, a gay man facing deportation to Bolsonaro's Brazil, who took his own life just eight yards from my cell using a crude rope fashioned from his bedsheets, his exquisite tenor voice now silenced forever. So, you know, he just goes on and on um, and he encourages King Charles to visit Belmarsh Prison. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty powerful. And I'm sure he's not going to get a response. Did it get like attention in the media? I don't know yet. Uh, this is fresh. Uh, as we read this on May 5th in the morning, it was just posted by friends, colleagues that we've had Matt Kennard on our show before. He's based in London. 
area and uh, they published it to Declassified UK. Um, and it's this letter that Julian Assange wrote. Um, and I know it's authentic. Um, Stella Assange, his wife was sharing it as well, uh, directing people's attention. Uh, so time to the moment of King Charles coronation. We had this very powerful message um, highlighting. I mean, I didn't know this, that the UK is taking after America, which is a prison state, uh, expanding its prison population in the UK. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, I cannot believe that uh, that uh, Julian Assange all this time later. I mean, it's kind of stunning. It's like, I, I still remember the day that he was like taken in. Speaking of which, did you see that photo? I know this is kind of a little off topic, but not really. Did you see that photo of, it was like the uh, some part of the UK government, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but they did this tweet where they were like, there is no media freedom in Russia or something, or Russia has no media freedom. And then they kept doing it like all artsy. And then the Russians responded by quote tweeting it and then posting a photo of Julian Assange the day he was taken in. Or maybe it was one of the days where he was like coming to trial. Okay. But either way, it's like the hypocrisy over that is stunning. And just like, to see all these countries like the UK and the leadership in the US think that they're so much better than everybody else when they're like killing, slowly killing this man is just like, I don't even, hypocrisy is not even the strong enough word, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that I would use the words that Agnes Calamard used. Uh, she's the secretary general of Amnesty International. I mean, she basically pointed out that, you know, we shouldn't just talk about Russia or Iran's record of journalism. And, and she said, well, I mean, obviously the extent, the extent to which they might be jailing journalists or are jailing journalists like that is worthy of attention, but it's not the only place in which journalists are being jailed. And she mentioned that these countries that are held up as democracies are following the same playbook of autocracy. That's what, that's what she said, the playbook of autocracy that these countries are known to employ in order to control their population and that the US you know knows exactly what it's doing like to me it's very autocratic when you have somebody who's in a position of power who is asked about why they are detaining a journalist and then won't answer the question and refuses to take accountability or or be held accountable for that decision um, and re refuses to defend it in public. But like, first off, that's a sign that they're not comfortable defending it because they don't think there's a defense. But then also when they refuse to answer that question, whether it's a citizen or a journalist, or maybe even a, po a politician, when they refuse to explain why, what they're doing, then they're basically signaling that they are um, beyond accountability, that, they, that, they are, that they're above the law or that they're above um, being questioned as somebody in power that they don't have to right. say anything about it right no but this is totally true uh which which is the way that you know uh for for to use people's language that's the way they would say putin would behave that's the way <laughs> that they would say that the you know the leader of china um or but i mean in many of these instances you find that sometimes these autocratic leaders you may disagree with it but they might sometimes give more explanations for their brutal crackdowns than even the U.S. does, because the U.S. just like leaves it as being entirely secretive as to like what they're doing. Right. Uh, so, OK. So. All right. Well, 
this is where uh, we thank everybody for tuning in to the show that are watching this free portion of the Unauthorized Disclosure podcast. And we're going to continue with uh, a segment that we'll do just for subscribers. But uh, it's good talking to all of you. And if you'd like to get the show, you can go to uh, the Shadowproof YouTube channel and join in that way. And you'll get access to the full episodes. You can also go to the Dissenter newsletter at the dissenter.org. Believe I have it down here to put up. Yep, this is where you can go and you can subscribe that way. So thank you all. And um, we'll be back next week with another show.